and let's open the word of God. If you have your Bible, would you open to the book of 2 Corinthians? And as you're opening there, I've asked Carrie Stone if she would read the word of God for us today. So she's making her way up here. You are opening your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're talking about spiritual transformation this month. And so everything that we do this month is focused at not just learning about spiritual transformation, but taking those steps, taking those hard steps towards spiritual transformation. And this morning, we're answering the question, does God even care about personal spiritual transformation? And I believe that 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verses 16 through 21 will answer that question. Carrie, would you read that for us? From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. And we just take a moment to confess to you that sometimes in our life we put up a lot of obstacles um, to your word. And so this morning, to the very best of our ability, we remove those. We ask that your word would transform us. We ask that through the reading and through the thinking about, through the proclamation of your word, that you would do a great work in our lives that we would not just leave this morning knowing a little bit more about the Bible, but we would leave here literally changed at the core of our being because we have been under the power of the Word of God. We confess to you that it is only you, Lord. It's only your Spirit that can change us. And we ask you to change us this morning. And we pray that uh, courageous prayer in your name, Lord, in the powerful, magnificent, holy healing, transforming name, the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. That's the name in which we pray, Lord, the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, from the reading of the word this morning, I think that you can already probably anticipate the answer to the question, does God care about personal transformation? In fact, he does. In fact, he does. Now, I know this is an interesting time of the year to talk about personal transformation. It's January. We've all got these goals. We've all got these, uh, um, I knew the word when I came up here, resolutions. We've all got these resolutions. Some of you don't. You say, I'm not setting it this year. That's fine. But here's what I want you to understand. There are these goals and resolutions that that the world sets and that society sets. And I've set some, actually. But here's what I want you to understand. In the kingdom of God, personal transformation is important. So maybe this year you said, I'm not setting any resolutions. I never... I never achieve them, and I just don't want to fail again, and I'm not setting any up. I'm not setting any 2020 goals. All that's fine, but I need for you to understand something, that God has every intention, every intention of changing your life. I want you to know that. 
personal transformation. And if you have your notes this morning, here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to understand. Is that in the kingdom of God, this is a kingdom of transformation. This is in the kingdom of God. When you become, when you leave your citizenship of the world, and when you are transferred into the kingdom of God, when you become a citizen of heaven, when you become a child of God, you have just stepped into an entire kingdom that is designed to transform your life. And so the kingdom of God is a kingdom of transformation. And this isn't like my thoughts. This isn't my opinion. This is literally what we just read in the scripture that Carrie shared with us. And so let's just go through and look at every single verse that we read talks about personal transformation and what it looks like to enter the kingdom of God and how you're not just transformed when you enter the kingdom of God, but as you abide in the kingdom of God, you continue to be transformed. You continue with this personal transformation. So let's look back at it and just go verse by verse. I want you to see that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of transformation. And when you become a citizen of heaven, you become a citizen of a kingdom in which you are continually being transformed by the power of the Spirit. So let's look in verse 16. It says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh... We regard him thus no longer. So the way that we see things gets transformed. Paul's saying we used to look at the world according to the world's values and according to the worldview of the kingdom of the world and according to what the world said was important and according to the flesh of the world. But we don't do that anymore. Paul says, when I came into the kingdom of God, the whole way, the whole paradigm, the way that I looked at everything shifted. Now, that may read really quickly and really nicely, but I want you to know something, that when your worldview changes, everything changes. Everything changes. What you care about, what you long for, what you pray for, what you think about, how you spend your time, how you spend your money. When your worldview changes, everything changes. And that's what Paul's saying. And I know it's kind of strange to see we, we don't regard people according to the flesh anymore, but you just have to understand that in these days when it says, I view things according to the flesh, it's talking about the paradigms of the world and according to what's important to the world. And Paul is saying, we don't do that anymore. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I don't think I have to convince you that there's a strong word of personal transformation in this scripture. If you are in Christ, you have been transformed. You're a new creature. You're a new creation. Verse uh, 18, all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Again, in in the next verse, we're talking about personal transformation verse 19 that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation again personal transformation therefore we're ambassadors for Christ and God is making his appeal through us we implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God again a word about personal transformation. For our sake, verse 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin, talking about Jesus. Jesus was without sin, yet he took our sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This kingdom is a kingdom 
of personal transformation. So does God care about personal transformation? Absolutely. But here's why I wanted to ask that question this morning. We're going to spend a whole month thinking about this and looking at this and trying to figure out how we walk this out in our everyday life. We need to know that this matters to God. The last thing that we want to do is to spend an entire month focusing on something and get to heaven one day and God go, that really didn't matter to me at all. (laughs) You will be so mad at me if I led you through this initiative where we spent so much time focusing on something and then you go, did you hear what God just said? He said he didn't even care about that. Listen, God cares about personal transformation. In fact, the scripture that we're looking at this morning, one word after another is talking about personal transformation. But here's what I want you to understand. And here, this might be the key for you this morning. Because you might be here this morning going, I've tried every New Year's resolution there is. Since 1975, I've been setting these goals in January. Nothing has stuck yet. Here's the key for you. The finished work of Jesus Christ is the entry point into this kingdom. It isn't your strength. It isn't your wisdom. It isn't your power. Now, you may be strong. And you may be wise and you may be powerful, but here's what I want you to understand. Nobody comes into this kingdom unless they come through Jesus. The finished work of Jesus. This is what Paul is saying. That in Christ, because he who was without sin took our sin so that we could enter this kingdom and become the righteousness of God and become ambassadors and ministers of reconciliation. The entry point is through Jesus. And if you're like me, you find yourself on January thinking, hmm, new year, what am I going to do? What am I going to do this year to really make life count? Let me tell you something. It's not what you do. It's what Christ does through you. The finished work of Jesus is the entry point into the kingdom of transformation. And we see phrases as we read through that. We we saw a couple of phrases We saw the phrase, then, if anyone is in Christ. Now, that's an interesting phrase. Notice Paul doesn't say, if anybody believes in God. You see, belief in God doesn't bring you to this place of transformation. The Bible says that even the demons in hell believe in God. We have to be in Christ. It doesn't say, therefore, if anybody talks about Jesus... They're a new creation. They've entered into the kingdom. I found that in life, there's a lot of people who talk about God. What they need to do is they need to get with God. They need to bow before God. The finished work of Jesus is the entry point into the kingdom. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it also says that through Christ, he was reconciling man back to himself. It's another powerful phrase that this work is done in Christ and through Christ. So I want you to understand a couple of things this morning before we look at these three uh, types or seasons of transformation. I want you to understand that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of transformation. Now, some of us may look at that idea and say, oh, this is great news because I can already look at my life and say, I need some work. 
But some of us may not look at it that way. Some of us may look at the kingdom of God as a kingdom of transformation. And you may be saying to yourself this morning, I kind of like my life. I don't really know that I want God to get involved in my business and change things up any and really get, do be involved in my life and transform things because I know that the word transform is just another word for change and I don't like change. And so some of us may be celebrating, praise God, there's a kingdom that can just change my life and transform and some of us may be struggling and I think that's an important question. We're actually gonna ask it in a few moments. But the kingdom of God is a kingdom of transformation. And I think it's important for you to understand that. So that when you decide this morning, am I going to take a step forward in faith or am I not? You have the information that you need to make your decision. I don't want you to think this morning that you're going to take a step in faith and that your life isn't going to be affected by it. It is. Because every season of our life that we walk with God there's transformation that's happening. Sometimes it's, it's done more quickly. Sometimes it's done more rapidly. Sometimes it's done more substantially. And sometimes our growth is a little bit slower. But I want you to understand that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of transformation. And the finished work of Jesus, not attending the fellowship, not listening to Pastor Zach, not believing the existence of God, The finished work of Jesus, the cross and the resurrection, that is our entry point into the kingdom. I know that two ways. One, because I tried to find the entry point for a lot of years in my life. All kinds of things and endeavors and circumstances, I tried to find the entry point into the kingdom of God. I'm like you. I failed miserably at that. And I finally entered through Jesus, and God transformed my life. But it's not just my experience that makes me feel so passionate about this. what the Word of God teaches. And the Word of God is way more important than my thoughts and experiences. And the Bible says that unless you come into the kingdom through Jesus, you don't come into the kingdom. And that's important for us to understand. So, yes... Personal transformation is important to God. In fact, his whole kingdom is marked by personal transformation. Jesus is the entry point into it. And what I want to do is share with you three phases or three seasons or three types of personal transformation. I'm going to give you these big theological words. Then I'm going to talk in a practical way what they mean. The first word is reconciliation. What is reconciliation? Carrie read it for us. In fact, she read that word a couple of times in the scripture. When we were reading back through the verses, you saw it again. Reconciliation. What does that mean? Here's what that means. It means that at some point there was peace and then there was disruption of peace. Now in the, in, in the world, in the kingdom of God, here's what that means. If you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, God created mankind and there was peace. But because of sin, it disrupted that peace. And so the scripture teaches that through Jesus, he has reconciled people back to himself. It's a beautiful word, this reconciliation. And so what is reconciliation? It's the event in which we establish peace with our creator, with the one true living God, with only God that there is, that God that made us, the God that made the heavens and the earth, the God that made you, the God who knit you together 
Reconciliation is that event that we reestablish peace with our creator. There's nothing like it. It's the most amazing thing in the world to have happen to you. And if you haven't experienced that yet, oh my goodness, how I invite you. I invite you this morning to transfer over from believing in a creator God to being reconciled to that creator God. Now, there's two phrases I want to ask you to write down before we go on to the second way that we're transformed. And these are phrases that you find in the scripture, maybe not word for word, but you find these ideas. The first phrase is personal newness. The Bible says that when you're reconciled to God, you experience personal newness. It says if anyone is in Christ, the old has gone away, and behold, there's a new creation. There's a personal newness when you enter the kingdom of God. It's an amazing experience. And some of you remember that, right? When you gave your life to Christ and you became a follower of Jesus, you remember what it felt like when you were first born again, when you first started following Jesus. It was one of the most glorious and amazing moments of your life, one of the greatest seasons of your life to experience that personal newness. Again, I would say to you, if you've never experienced that, I invite you to. And you may say, how? I'd be happy to answer that question for you. Personal newness. And reconciliation. The second thing that I'd like you to write down is relational wholeness. Because not only is the old you gone and the new you, the new creation, the new creature is born into the kingdom of God and you're renewed, you're a new person in Christ, but you also get to experience this incredible relationship with God. There's this relational wholeness that happens when you are connected to the God who made you, that literally words can't describe. I could keep you here till four this afternoon trying to articulate what that is, and I couldn't because words just don't do it justice. When you have peace with God, when you have relational wholeness with the God who made you, there's nothing like it. And maybe for some of you, that's the missing puzzle piece. You come here every week, perhaps, And inside of you, you don't feel alive. You don't feel like you have relational wholeness with God. And you look over to the right, and this person is just singing their heart out and loving God. And you're thinking to yourself, what is the difference between this person and myself? I come to the same church. I park in the same parking lot. I'm listening to the same. I'm hearing the same notes. I'm looking at the same lyrics. What is the difference? Well, when you have relational wholeness of not just believing in God, but having a relationship with him, it transforms your life. Transforms your life. So one phase then of transformation is reconciliation. It is the moment that you step into the kingdom of God through Jesus and you experience personal newness and relational wholeness with God. But it doesn't end there. I feel like a salesman on TV. But wait, there's more. (laughs) But there is more. It's incredible. Because if that was all that was there, then you get saved, you become a Christian, and that's it. 
But there's so much more to that, which is the second word. The second word I want you to write down this morning is the word sanctification. And so reconciliation is the event in which we have peace with our creator. And sanctification is the process in which God shapes and molds us. So those of you who have given your life to Jesus, this is the process that you're in. Now, this process is discussed in the scripture. So let me just call your attention back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Two specific places we see the sanctification process being mentioned in the scripture. And the first is the way in which we see the world. I mentioned it a moment ago. But one of the things that God is doing in our life once we have received Jesus, once we've been reconciled to the creator, is he begins to shape the way that we look at the world. And here's what I mean by that. Nobody in here would, would by any means say, I'm where I want to be with God. I'm not, you're not. We all could say, I could be better. I could follow God better. I could have a better relationship with him. But what I want to encourage you to do, if you have uh, moved into the kingdom of God, I want to ask you to do this. Think about your life three years ago. You may not be where you want to be, but are you different than you were three years ago? That is the sanctification process. And sanctification transforms the way that we see the world. And so I just want you to, to, to understand this, that when you begin to walk with God, the way that you see things start to change should start to change because that's part of the work that the Spirit of God does in us. The way that we see things, the sanctification process. Paul says, we used to look at things according to the flesh, but we do that no longer. You see, that is changing the way that we see the world. Now, another way that we see sanctification in the Scripture is uh, when Paul talks about his renewed purpose in the world. And I want you to notice something that Paul doesn't say uh, that God has given me the ministry of reconciliation. And Paul doesn't say that I am an ambassador for Christ. He says we. He includes the plural. He says we have a new purpose on earth. We are to be ambassadors for Christ. We are to embrace the ministry of of reconciliation. That happens in the sanctification process. The transition from who we were to who we are. Yes, personal transformation is important. The third, and we'll look at some spiritual growth questions, but the third word I would encourage you to write down this morning is the word glorification. Glorification is the event the moment in which the process of sanctification is finally realized, is completed. Now, good news and bad news. The good news is that that hasn't happened yet. Because that happens either when the Lord Jesus returns, comes to us, or... When we go to him. And there's even a little bit of clarification that needs to happen there. That's for another sermon. 
But the, the, the moment of glorification when our body and soul, when everything that makes up our being is finally back the way that God intended for it to be, that is the moment of glorification. We are then glorified beings and we will enjoy uh, the presence of God forever the way that it was intended to be without sin, without destruction, without pain, without mourning. That's glorification. And you say, well, why is that good news? Well, because we still have a chance in sanctification. It means God isn't finished with us yet. And so glorification is that, is that moment in time where sanctification is completed and eternity begins. So I think that it's a simple yes that God cares about personal transformation. I think it's important to God. My question is, though, is it important to you? So I want to ask you some growth questions this morning with the time that we have left. This morning we have communion, so we're going to end the message a little bit early, but I want to end a little bit early so that we have time to process and to pray and to think about what it is that God's Word is teaching us about personal transformation. The question that I want to start with this morning is how do you emotionally respond to what God's word is teaching us this morning. You know, when you listen to this message, when you hear us talk about reconciliation and sanctification and glorification, when you hear me say that entering the kingdom of God is a commitment to transformation because you can't come into the kingdom of God if you're not ready to be transformed, how do you emotionally respond to that? Do you resist it? Do you say, uh, thanks, but no thanks, because I had enough change in my life? And I'm not necessarily happy with where I'm at, but at least it's predictable. And I would prefer not to be transformed by God. Or do you say, oh, Lord, change me. Change the fellowship and let it start with me. How do you emotionally respond to the reality that God is committed to transforming your life? Well, here's the reality. We all struggle with things that we don't know. The unknown is petrifying for us. We may be thinking this morning, well, I don't know what God is going to do with my life. You know what? None of us do. The only difference is that some of us have come to the place in our life where we can say, I don't know, but I trust my life in God's hands way more than I trust my life in my hands. So I have no idea what God is going to do with this beautiful mess. (laughs) But I trust his character and I trust his heart. And I trust his vision and I trust his strength. How do you emotionally respond to the notion, the idea of personal transformation? Next question. Where do I need to grow? This is a reality. 300 people sitting in here today. John, where you need to grow is different than where I need to grow. Bill, 
where you need to grow is different. All of us have these different places in our life where we need more personal transformation than in other places. And so this is a relevant message for all of us, even though all of us aren't struggling in the same areas and even though all of us don't need to necessarily grow in the same areas, we all need to grow somewhere. What I'm asking you to do is identify you. Where do you need to grow? Now, remember, we're not doing this thing where I know where so-and-so needs to grow. Let me just write down a note there. And Well, if Pastor Zach doesn't know where his is, let me just let him know here real quick. This, that's not the time. This is not the time. for. This is for you. Where do you need to grow, right? So how do I emotionally respond to this idea that God in all this wisdom and power is committed to transforming my life? And then am I aware of where my life and the word of God is not compatible? Am I aware of where God's values and my values are not in alignment? Am I aware of where the trajectory of my life in God's vision and my vision are not in alignment? Do I know where I need to grow in the coming year? What is my personal response? Where do I need to grow? And the third question is this. What is my next step? What do I do with this? What do I do with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21, which is a glorious passage that tells of this incredible work that God wants to do in my life because I am in Christ. But like, what is my next practical step? I want to help you with that. One of the things that we said about seven months ago is we don't just want to say this is what we should be doing. We want to help people take those steps. So I want you to see this sentence that's going to be on the screen. This is a sentence that all of us can look at, think about, and then make our decision. What is my next step based on? This is what we call our thrive statement. This month as we're looking at personal transformation, what is the goal in which we're shooting for? Here's the sentence. I long for and participate in the transforming work of the Spirit in all areas of my life. Now this morning, you may be thinking, I don't even know what my next step is. This sounds good. I wish for it. I pray for it, but I don't know what my next step is. Let me take that sentence just briefly, break it down a little bit and help you understand what your next step is. Then we'll conclude with prayer and then we'll take the Lord's Supper together. We'll we'll participate in communion. But let's start with the first phrase, I long. Maybe for you, your first step is to come down here and plant your knees right at the altar and say, God, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even want to change. And my first step, oh Lord, is for you to give me a heart that longs for your spirit to work in my life. I'm so satisfied. I'm so lukewarm. I'm so content with who I am that I don't even long for you to come and put your hands on my life and to shape me like pottery. Maybe for you this morning, that's the spot. Your next step is to just plead with God to change your heart. God, I want to long for you to transform my life. The next phrase is participate 
in the work of God. Participate in the work of the Spirit. Maybe you have that backwards, and you're inviting God to participate in your work. You know, that's a pretty important vice versa. How many times in my life have I made my plans and then invited God to come and be a part of it? And, and this can look good, can it not? I mean, this can really, really be Christianized and spiritualized. And it can look good to everybody. And the Spirit says, Zach, that's all good plans. Problem is, is that your plans and not my plans. And so maybe for some of us, we need to get to this place where we say, you know what? It's God's will for my life. I want to participate in what God is doing in me. I don't want to invite God to participate in what I'm doing in myself. And for some of you, that's where the spiritual growth breakdown is. You're inviting God to participate in something that he should be leading the dance in. And that's significant. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe this is the year where you release it to God. And you say, all my good, wholesome, high-value biblical plans. God, listen, everything is new. You tell me what you want, and I'll participate in that. That's an important transition. And you see that last phrase? In all areas of my life. Crystal and I have this one kid. That when you ask he or she (laughs) to clean their room, they do it faithfully. But if you take a step towards the closet, (laughs) they get nervous. And they, you know, they back, no, 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 don't open that door. Dad, it's for your own good. (laughs) Look, Dad, this whole area is clean. But whatever you do, don't open this door. I wonder if some of us might be like that. Look, God, at this whole big clean area in my life. Oh, but don't open that door. Because that's the door that hasn't come under your lordship. That's the door that is resisting your transformation in my life. That's the door that if you open it, everything falls out. Maybe that's where your next step is. It is in saying, okay, clean out the closet. (laughs) God, clean out the closet in my life. So what's your next step? I I I cannot tell you what it is. It's for you to decide. But I know what we're going to do. In a moment, we're going to stand and pray. We're going to just take a season to pray. And then after we've prayed, we're going to have a seat. We're going to participate in communion together.